Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask and we see there is illumination. The heights of our understanding is enlightened. There is no confusion. As we approach your word in the knowledge of the holy, we say there is clarity for us in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, 2 Timothy 3, 15, or 16, actually. 2 Timothy 3, 16, it says, All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And we, we, we've been studying and we said that word inspiration, theonistos in the Greek, it simply means it's not um, a dictation. And we said to understand the text of the scripture of the Bible, one must understand human elements in writing. That is, even though the content is spiritual, God's method of writing or interpreting scripture, or what God's method is man. So this implies that God will function with man to accomplish his mission on earth. So that means, when we say all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, can we say the content of the scripture is, is spiritual? Guys, can we say the content of the scripture is spiritual? But who, but there is a human element, right? And the human element is who? Man. So this implies that God will function with man to accomplish his mission on earth. So this will include communication of his word. So from the first author to the last person that wrote the text of the Bible, one can readily see that they were home men who lived in different times of writings. So that means... In studying the scripture, when it says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, can that be a future between God and men? Can, are you getting what I'm saying? Can that be a future between God and men? Why? Because to interpret a text of scripture, you must understand that there is a human element involved. So as we approach Genesis 3, as we will soon start doing very soon, we're looking at the rebellion of Genesis 3. Please bring my board. That, so, so, so that we would, we would be able to see what... Uh, that we... So we can say, we can readily say, men were involved in the writings of scriptures. But is it God-inspired? Are you seeing it? So that means, with man, would there be mistakes... With man, would there be some things that look... So, so are you see why, why we need to interpret and explain the scriptures properly? Because it has a human element. Oh, I don't know if you are following what I'm really saying. It has a human element. So with human element, it will mean that it will go to editorial... Do you know that this Bible, let me explain, this thing went to editorial work. They edited this Bible, they corrected it, they fit everything in it to be like this. They check the language again if there's mistakes. Hope you know. That's to show you that humans were also involved in God's communication or in God's word. Because God will use man to communicate his word. So when we say, all scripture 
is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, is profitable for reproof, is profitable for correction and instruction in righteousness. So you and I can say, oh, this is what it is. I would, I don't know if I would do something in this series. I want to explain what did the writer explain to this immediate audience in Genesis 1, 1 to 3? How many of you want to learn? How many of you are curious to know the explanation of the first day? When it says, and this was, he created something on the first day, created something on the second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day. As <laughs> teach it, teach it, teach it. <laughs> The seventh day, you know, uh, because some people just think those things were written there for, oh, day one, day two, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> nope. We'll look at that, but maybe not today. All right, Genesis 3. Genesis 3. <laughs> some of you need to, to be reborn again. Some of you need to be reborn again. Genesis 3, and we have a custom. We just read it first, right? This, hmm. I'm, I'm thinking I should... Start from Genesis 1 with you, people, but um, we'll do it in next session. Genesis 3, I want us to read. Uh, before we read, give me a second. I, I, I think I want to do Genesis 1 first, so that you people can understand the transitioning of certain things. And now, because you, there's something, there's a way you must read the Bible. You must learn to read the Bible as a conversation. Let, let me show you something in Genesis 2 so that you understand how to read the Bible. Go to Genesis 2. Let's start from verse 30, Genesis 1.30. I want us to read something. Guys, guys, I want pay. See, all of you are educated here, Abby. <laughs> I'm sorry to bring that word, but pay attention to reading. Right? Alright, look at in verse 30. Genesis 1, verse 30. And to every beast of the head. And to every fowl of the hair, and to everything that was creeped upon the head, wherein there is life, I have given every help for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Thus, the heaven and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and rested from the seventh day from all his work. He now says, and God blessed the seventh day, sanctified it, because that in it God had rested from all this work which God has made. Now, watch something. How many of you agree that chapter 1 is supposed to end in this chapter 2, verse 3? How many of you agree? Let me see your hand. Because if in verse 4, chapter 2, verse 4, it says, these are the generations of the heaven and earth. It's like another new conversation. In chapter 1, he was talking about the creation now. And in verse 31, he ended on the sixth day. If a conversation is supposed to end, at least in chapter 1, it's supposed to end on the seventh day now. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? And in the seventh day, now says in verse 3, God blessed it, certified it, and rested from all his work that he made. Verse chapter 2, verse 3. Then in chapter 4. So this is supposed to be chapter 2, verse 1. If we were to if we were to chapter it, this is to tell you that if humans they were involved in this thing. I used to tell you that one of the greatest injustices that has happened to Bible study is these chapters and verses thing. It wasn't when Moses was writing or where the writers were writing, they did not put chapter 2, verse 1. No, it is people like you who added it together so that it, you can understand. And that understanding is somebody's interpretation. <laughs> you don't understand. It's like saying, I'm trying to make you understand something. And that's my own interpretation of, it, of making you understand it. So that's how they put the Bible together in the verses and the chapters so that to, to make you understand. But they, <laughs> they've created some, I mean, let me say, it, good, bad problems. <laughs> So you will read it now and stop reading and say, "Bim." But you have to learn to read it as a conversation, a ongoing conversation. So we can say to understand the Bible, can we say to we we must read the Bible as a conversation, right? A conversation that is going. So it's that same conversation now that is building up to chapter three. That means if you have not understood the serpent in Genesis one or the beast. Of the field that Jesus, the that God told us in Genesis one in verse thirty, the beast of the heads, every fowl, all of those things, you will, you will be missing some details in chapter three because you will be taking chapter three as a part of a whole. Like you take it, lift the context away because it is in chapters. Do you, do you know that this way we read the Bible such that you took it chapters out of its out of the entire. It's like saying there's a book. You lifted the chapter and just took it to client and sinker. I remember if you read the Bible that way, growing up. I did too. Such that you forgot the other two chapters where they say, go to chapter three, boom. You just follow it that way, not minding whatever is in the others before chapter and after chapter. I mean, if you notice. So, but if you if you read the Bible in a conversational way, so when it says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, probably, so we must read it as a conversation. That way it will now be profitable to you. It can't be the all scripture can't be profitable for teaching if we don't, if we lift it out of context. Because the writers of scriptures did not intend for us to lift the cover to lift the scriptures out of context. Are you getting what I'm saying? So now look at chapter 3. Let's read from verse 1 to 6. So that we can, for the sake of today's reading, we'll just do verse 1 to 6. He says, thank God we've done Genesis 6. We've done Genesis 11. Now we're doing Genesis 3. Alright, so he says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he says, and he said unto the woman, yea, and God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. And ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. Mm. The tree was desired to make one wise. Mm. That's something you should pay attention to. 
she took the fruit thereof, did it, and gave it with her husband with her, and did it. I will never forget. So years ago, I met one man. Me and he, he was trying to teach me Bible study, and he was telling me he took the fruit. This and that and that and that. I said, sir, chapter six, verse six. Adam was there. Ah, by the time I was done, he said, he read it again. Let me tell you how he did it. Let me tell you, I will never forget that he did read it. He said, and gave unto the husband with her. And gave unto the husband with her and did it. He said, hmm. And gave also unto the husband with her. And did it. I was, I was just looking at it like this. I said, yeah, with her. I said, yeah, with her. That means the issue, he was beside that. So anyone want to say, Eve, Eve is just the wicked being. Adam was there. So Adam was just looking at them as they are having the conversation. Adam was consenting and saying, it's true, it's all the food. It's all the food that we got. You know those Jara and Ajasa that they used to put? It's like saying, you are talking, I say, yes, it's true. Yes, it's true. <laughs> Adam was there putting, it's true. So they were together. And we know that's the Bible study. That was where the Bible study ended. Though. The man was destabilized. He, could, he just felt like he couldn't teach me again that I, I probably knew more. He just, I said, sir, no. And then I wasn't this gentle. Uh, I was still radical. I was still in my radical state. I wasn't this gentle. I just said, sir, check the scripture again. That's where I used to say. Or do things we used to say, next verse. We don't used to talk, next verse. That's all we next. I remember when people would say, What kind of salvation with Germany? I just used to look at them. I would let them finish. So you, I said, Are you done? Next verse. For it is God. I said, Please read it out, please. <laughs> <laughs> they said, so it is God who, who, do, who what? Walketh in you. Who what? Walketh. So who is doing the work? God. So do you understand? First they say, eh, But, what but? Which scripture? Quote it next verse. Context. I say context. Context. I say you 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 are insincere. You are starting from that place. You should have read the conversation. <laughs> so this day, as the man told me, he was teaching me sin problem. And me, the only thing I know where then it's not now then I could explain these sin issues, especially sin consciousness issue. Hold Oh boy. I knew, so he was telling me, Adam, he, this other, you know, he was saying, no, I just stopped him. So he, he, was, he was in the middle of the preacher, just like, man, like this. We were seated together, it was actually follow up. But just like this. He said, what, he said, what do you want to say? He said, no, please, let's check it again. With her. <laughs> he read it, read it. He said, wow. <laughs> he said, wow. He said, yeah, so I mean, so, like, Jesus is just this, and uh, all right, so do we understand? Praise God. <laughs> and that was how Bible study ended. That was the last day he followed up on me. <laughs> he didn't follow, I mean, this America. <laughs> he didn't follow up on me again. This was seven years ago. He didn't follow up on me again. I just looked at him like, oh. But that was rude, though. I would do it again. I would do it again. Anyway, so what's the word serpent? Let's start gradually grammatical analysis. I want to start with grammatical analysis today. 
so that before we used to start from the back, then we now do grammatical. But this is starting from grammatical analysis. Serpent is from the Hebrew word nakash, n a c h a s a nakash, and is derived from one word nakach, spelled the same way. We're going to look at who. And what is the serpent? We're going to look at that. We're going to look at the Garden of Eden. We're going to look at some contextual analysis too. When it says Lord, that word Lord is from the Hebrew word Yahweh. Yahweh. Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. Yahweh. God or God's. Now, let me, let, me, let me give you a cultural concept. I've explained this before, but let me explain it for the concept of this series. When they say God or gods in the Hebrew, is from the Hebrew word Elohim. It doesn't always mean the... It doesn't always mean God, 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 Lord Almighty God. It sometimes always means supernatural beings. Angels. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's applied for spirit or supernatural beings. Another thing we have to look at, as in this grammatical um, analysis, eat. The word eat is from the Hebrew word. Why are we using Hebrew? Because it's Old Testament, right? It's from the Hebrew word akar, a k l, a k a l, and it implies to eat, to consume, to dine or feed. And we look at garden. It's from the Hebrew word. I think I've done that in Lady of Light. What, who can remember it? G-A-N. Oh. You are green in the word. It implies... It implies... A sacred or grounded space or area, and all of you, all of you that visited here, we were in that legendary light series. <laughs> a sacred space or area. So now let's do some. Now let's move. These are just the major things we're going to do some grammatical analysis on, and we'll further study some things. Now in, let, let's move further now. In verse one, it says the serpent, that is the nakash. Now was more subtle than any beast of the field. Hmm. Now, that word serpent, we said is the Hebrew word nakash. It implies divination. What does it mean? Divination or a diviner. So, what does serpent there means? Divination or a diviner. Notice the statement. He says that the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, and he said, mm, he said, historically, now, what or who is the serpent? Let's start with that. Who is this serpent guy? It's been like a, a trouble for so many years. Who is the serpent? Some people say, the serpent is to talk. Really? No, he it's just a snake. And Adam could read the. Some people say 
is the Shada one again. Shada people people have given different I've heard different answers that I was born. But in the Near Eastern culture, serpents referred. No, you so no, you see, when I say it was written, when I say the Bible was written with men's understanding. Hope you know God did not bypass their knowledge to write. Oh, it's just like if God wants to inspire to write now, He's not going to write. He's not going to tell you what is going to happen. He's not going to give you the technology of 2050 to write. You are going to use the knowledge of today to write it. It's the one of 2050 that will not be using their head to figure what's going on. I've given you examples of Shakespeare material. How much I read Romeo and Juliet, Tempest, um, there's one other one I read. Eh? Othello. Did I, I didn't finish Hamlet. It was too tough. Do you know that? It's the movies that made me understand it. I have read those books before. Any of Shakespeare material. I have read William Gold in Lord of the Flies. People don't really read in this way. Just two people. Just the Tempest. However, I've read um, uh, I'm trying to look for one. Ah, this one this one book like that. How have I read this fall apart? Okonkwa, how have I read this? Ah. Okay, let's just continue. <laughs> people are wondering, mention something I can. Mention something like <laughs> when it's no when it's no medical surgery <laughs> or oh, oh, medical pharmacology. That's what people are anyway. That's all they know in this level. But if it comes to a uh, um, that I know that bro God doing reads, but I'm just not mentioning the one because. But God is somebody that, in his report, one to two, I did this. Two to something is the most organized being in life. Him and the serpent, everybody. I'm just joking. <laughs> Boy, he's so organized. I coded and I intend that I will sleep at 12 30. Ha! It's the intention for me. <laughs> and I intend that. Right. So, ah, I woke up, said a short prayer, this, 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 bam, listen to the word, bam. It's like, it's like you're following a routine, bam, next step. <laughs> okay, I'm done with this one, take the next one. How can somebody now organize with their day like that? It won't be. <laughs> I'm learning for me, while light and light. I speak to God. I used to tell myself now, one to two, this is what I want to do. <laughs> because you just, you just get better with just, ah. How is somebody this quick, 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 one to two, two to four? Ah! Ah! God help me. Anyway, so we're saying if you read in those books, right, there is something, it doesn't fit in into our world. If you read those face things, it's not everything. Those sheep and Keno that they were talking about in those books, especially in Tempest, it's 
it's not what we use in today's world. What we have now in today's world is yacht. I'm going to my yacht, my $50 million yacht, you know. Sheep. That's what we have today. Or submarine. Ah, I think there was a time there's people were talking about one submarine issues like that. I don't know. <laughs> so, but in the near eastern, so that's to tell you that language. Do you know that? There's a word now that has been applied, and that's japa. Do you know that? Someone can now put japa now in the dictionary now, and japa means immigration, moving from one country to another. That's to tell you, you know, if I say jackpot now, somebody that will hear this in 2050 will wonder, what does it mean? Are you guys what I'm saying? Because it doesn't fit into the world. I remember, I knew when Fufu entered the dictionary. And one of the reasons why Fufu entered the dictionary or made it popular today is because of Wale Shoinka. He made it a bit popular when he started using that word. No, the Western world did not know our food as at 2010, as at even 2009. Now, they call Eba Fufu, they call Panedian Fufu, they call Semo Fufu, they call Wheat Fufu, anything that has a muscle Fufu. That's to tell you that it has now become a mode of communication. But was it like that in the early 90s? If you don't know it, you don't know it. But today now, because the Western culture has been mixed into the African culture. So anything that has most, everybody's trying to try out the fufu that everybody is talking about, but it's not a mode of communication. To mean, now, every, everything they see, as far as it looks white, <laughs> even if it is marshmallow, they, they, <laughs> they miss the guy, he's a monster, they will call you fufu. But we as an African, or me that as I'm in Nigeria, is everything fufu. The real fufu is not... <laughs> I can't even eat the real fufu. I remember when I was about four or five years old that I ate the real fufu. I mean, seven years old. I ate it and they stayed in my house for three days. That's the day I told myself, never again, never again. <laughs> I have not eaten this since day. The real fufu, if you eat it, your hand, even, even if you, there's no amount of soap you want to use to wash your hand, it will stay. Even if you perfume it, it will, it will find its way to, perf to with your perfume and the smell, it will be, they, will be, they will be doing, eh, eh, eh? They will be doing, what I call? They will be interlocking. Are you getting what I'm saying? But that has now become a mode of communication. So now, in the Near Eastern culture, how did they see serpents? You know, so that means each culture, each world, had a way they saw things, or they call things. Okay, let me let me let me help you again. In our Western world now, we have airports. Hope you know Moses. We never have known what airport means. In fact, he might have called it a sin because he told them if he build anything like a balcony. In the, in the law. So, Moses can never have imagined that there will be anything called plane carrying people from one place to another. But to the, today's world now, that one that you say, Jesus, why are you entering boats? Stopping the sea. You should stop the... Now you would have to say, Jesus, stop the weather so that we can fly. 
But Jesus did not even know what playing means. Oh, are you surprised? He did not know. He was trekking from one place to another, entering boat and sleeping inside the ship of the boat. The means of another means of um, um, transportation for Jesus was donkey. <laughs> he rode on a donkey. There was no car. But in our today's world now, there's Tesla. We have moved from Passat or Hyundai Sonata. Some people's Maserati. <laughs> we moved from that one and we are now, there's a projection into flying. We have not even finished land car. Some people are already doing flying car. Do you know that the writers of scripture can't. They, all they probably had in their mindset is probably witchcraft. Like, oh, principalities are power moving in the air. Beds of the air. You know, that's what they call it. They would not have imagined that there would be a day that the device would be flowing in the air. They would just say, beds of the air. You know, now if you want to write and say, beds of the air, aeroplane of the air, helicopter of the air, cars of the air, jets of the air. Fact, there's not land cars, water cars now. Rocket science. They will never have known. So it's to tell you that each world has a means of communication. Are you getting what I'm saying now? So how did the nation culture view serpent? They saw serpent as deities. They refer to serpent as deities. Diviners. Divination. So could that have been a normal snake? Ah. Have you seen it? So when they say the serpent spoke to me, they would just mean a deity spoke. A diviner spoke. Are you getting what I'm saying? But in their world, that's how they communicated. Okay, it's just like in our world now. We are using the word aliens. That is, and what, is, what does aliens simply mean? People that doesn't look natural to live in this world. But do you know that in their own world, they probably will have had probably those aliens, but they just call it, this is principalities. Eh? This is <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Today, now in our whole world, those things we those things they call giant, demigods in their own world. Today now we call it flash. Or girod or orc, or vampire. So you know, in our world now, if you can be writing a book and you say, I spoke to a da- vampire. Most people watching vampire. All we had was Children of Anax. All we had was giant Nephilims. This is a vampire. So you see that the mode of communication is different. Okay. So now it is vital to pay attention to the conversation that Eve held with serpent. Because it will. Now, one of the things we want to do is to pay attention to the conversation that Eve had with, Eve had with the serpent. Because that gives us. Or lead us to the identity of the serpent. That conversation. Go to verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman. The diviner. The divination. Right? The date. Said to the woman. You shall not surely die. He now says but what? But God doth know. That in the day ye eat thereof. Your eyes shall be open. 
and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Observe that word of the serpent. He said, you shall be as gods. So literally speaking, a serpent or an animal does not speak. They can't speak to a human being. So the writer could not have been referring to a physical serpent. Don't forget, this Bible was not written in our world. Do you know what it is? What I'm saying? I know you understand, but I'm saying it because of those who will listen to this. Because we, these are things we said over and over and over again in church. That this material, this Bible wasn't written in our world. Are you getting what I'm saying? Serpent does not speak. They don't talk. They don't have conversations with human. So the writer could not have been referring to a physical serpent, literally speaking to a man. So the serpent said, and do, so what the serpent said and what the woman said would, it's a robust conversation. There was a robust conversation and interaction. So the first fact is to understand that the context of Genesis 3, including Genesis 1, Genesis 2, you see why I wanted to start with Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, is a supernatural context. It is not a literal context. It's a supernatural context. Because the serpent does not talk, right? Okay. So Genesis 1, Genesis 2, Genesis 3, supernatural context. But we explain it. Let's study the Garden of Eden first. Let's go to Genesis 2. Let's go to the Garden of Eden so that we can build our, our, our study from there. Genesis 2 verse 8 to 9. He says, Then the Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden, and he formed man. And he, and he put, he says, eastward in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Ooh. So, and don't forget, there's a conversation that the devil had or the serpent had. Sorry, let's use serpent in the course of this day. Say, say you shall know the good and evil. Mm -hmm. That's something we'll study years later. Or as we progress. Not years later, as we progress. The word garden, like we said, is gan in the Hebrew, and it implies a covered and a special place. A covered and a special place. Historically, it was used by agriculturalists uh, of their day such that when you have an expand of land, then there is a special place that is covered. I think we still do that. People still do that in their homes today, right? Where you just create a special place in your house, you just say, this is my own garden. Agriculture, where you plant your fruits, plant things, you just say, this is my garden. Not shuku in the garden. <laughs> now, let me, show you what, let me show you how it was used. Go to 2 Kings 19.34. You must like Bible studio. Some people don't like where it was used. So that place it was used, we already knew it. Go straight. <laughs> Let's see how it was used. Let's see how that garden. This Hebrew word G-A-N was used. Second Kings 1934. You are not like those people who just want to go straight to the point. You want to learn thoroughly. Abby? Yes, sir. 
So I'm not a going straight. I'm not a going straight. I want to learn thoroughly. I want to learn thoroughly. <laughs> Some would not say it too. Sally from Sister Litra. It is I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for the servant. Where's the gun there? Ah, my no. <laughs> it can't be. I will defend this city and to save it for my own sake, for my servant's David's sake. Defend. Because we said the garden is a what? A secluded place, an estimate of land that is covered. And we said it's a special place. It means a covered special place. And it's used, it's like saying, would you want anything to touch your land, your, your crop, when you put a garden? You would defend it now. Are you getting what I'm saying? You defend it from all the pests, from all the wind. Alright, go to 2 Kings 20, verse 6, just the, sec- the next verse. It says, And I will have thy days 15 years, and I will deliver thee from the city out of the end, and I will what? Defend my own sake. You also see that same place in Isaiah 31, verse 5. It says, The Lord of hosts defends Jerusalem. Isaiah 31, verse 5. So that word defend is from the Hebrew of G-A-N. So the writers of scriptures use it to explain a secured or a preserved place. It means to defend, to protect. Now let's see the word Eden. Eden implies luxury. It's actually, Eden is actually translated for the Hebrew word Eden. Eden. It implies luxury or delight. Luxury or delight. Let's see 2 Samuel. Let's see where it was used. 2 Samuel 1.24. We'll just do introduction today. Tomorrow we'll continue. 2 Samuel 1.24. It says, Ye daughters of Israel, weep over Saul, who clothed you in scarlet with other delights. Who put on ornaments of gold upon your apparel? What's the hidden there? Delights. You also see Jeremiah 51, verse 34. Delicates. Jeremiah 51, verse 34. Amos 1 5. Go to Amos 1 5. So the word delights and delicates were translated from the word hidden. Go to Amos 1 5. Amos 1 5. Amos. Amos is one of the prophets and is before 3 Corinthians. <laughs> Amos 1 5. You there? It says, I will break also in the bar of Damascus, cut off the inhabitants of the plain of Avon, and him that holdeth the scepter of the what? House of Eden and the people of Syria go into captivity with us, said the Lord. So the house of Eden means house of pleasure. House of pleasure. Ezekiel will later call that place in Ezekiel 28, verse 13 to 14, the mountain of God. Hmm, I have a series I'm going to teach you. (laughs) 
maybe next year, the mountain of God. Everyone want to hear that one. Oh, the mountain of God. So the mountains, now let me explain what mountain means. Go to Ezekiel 38, verse 13 to 14. Ezekiel 38, verse 13 to 14. You see that we are reading the Bible as one converse, as, as a singular book. Ezekiel 28, verse 13 to 14. It says. been in Eden, the garden of God. Oh, wow. Are you seeing it? So, what was what, Eden now? The garden of God. It says, that has been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone, the covering, the sardius, the burial, <laughs> this is where Barry's name came from, the burial, the hongs, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the kabanuku, the gold, the workmanship of the thebret, the pipes that was prepared in thee this day that thou hast created, thou art the anointed shebru covered, and have set thee so, thou was upon what? The holy mountain of God, which thou hast walked up in the midst of the stones of fire. Oh, I'm sure you'll be wondering what are the conversations going on. Don't worry, I have a series I will teach you. The mountain of God. Uh, soon. So the word mountains were a representation of the unseen and supernatural world in their time. It's like saying, when they say, I will go to the mountain hmm. in their own when, when somebody say, I will go to the mountain in their own time, it's like saying, ah, I'm going to the supernatural world. When they say, Moses was in the mountain. We'll look at that later. So the use of the Garden of Eden further emphasizes that the writer of the book of Genesis was narrating an event of a supernatural world. Because it says, Eden, the garden of God. And we have explained in the previous series, Genesis 6, Genesis 11, we explained heaven and earth, right? So we said, in essence, so it means, so we said the writer was explaining Genesis in and narrating the supernatural world where man who is natural can function or relate with. So that is man can function or relate with the supernatural world. So in essence, the Garden of Eden was a beautiful place. Known by geographical, known in geographical location in history. To be a beautiful place, like, like the Dubai of our today, the Paris of our today, beautiful place, beautiful city. What's the most beautiful city in the United States? Maybe Cali? Maybe Los Angeles? I don't know. Or maybe Hawaii? Okay, yeah, yeah, maybe Hawaii. Yeah, so it was known in history as at that time to be a very beautiful place, known 
in a geographical location. So, but it was metaphorically used and employed by the writers of scripture to explain luxury, that which means delight or a perfect place. So, in other words, the writer's explanation, he taught the garden and Aden to metaphorically explain to his audience that Adam was given a special place, a sacred place. So, we can say in Genesis 2, what happened? God brought man to a sacred space or a sacred place. Can we say that? That God brought man to a sacred place. So this implies that the Nakash, the diviner, came into God's sacred place and interacted with man. So what was the point of what the writer was trying to pass across to his audience is that the Nakash is a supernatural being in a supernatural world. Because we said the guarding story is a supernatural contest, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's a supernatural contest. We said God's sacred place is a supernatural contest, right? So we now said the Nakash is coming to God's sacred place. Hmm. Genesis 2 verse 9. Let's go back there. And um, like I said, we'll just do introduction today. I will pick it up tomorrow. I will look at more things. Are you, are you ready for this study? Yes, I want to take my time with this. Look at verse 9. It says, Out of the ground... The Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, good for the food, the tree of life in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then go to Genesis 3 verse 1. Look at what he says. He says, The serpent was more softer than any beast of the field. And he said unto the woman, Have God said, Ye shall not eat of any tree of the garden. Oh, so now we have to look at tree. What does the context of tree say? Could it be natural? Because if everything is in a supernatural context, what does tree mean? So trees was used by the writer to communicate and symbolize the supernatural world. Trees was used by the writers to communicate and symbolize the supernatural world. Let me show you some reference in Genesis 12. Go to Genesis 12, verse 6 to 7. Genesis 12, 6 to 7. Genesis 12, 6 to 7. And Abraham passed through the land of the place of Shechem into the plain of Moreh, and the Canaanite was there in the land. 
and the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there he built another unto him. Look at Genesis 13, verse 18. And Abraham removed his step and dwelt in the plain of Mamre. Plains of Mamre. That word plain was translated from the Hebrew word Elon, like Elon Musk. Elon. Which was used to describe trees. That's the word plains there. Plains of Mamre. You see that same thing also in Genesis 18 verse 1. Observe that Abraham had encounters with God in the plains. Which made him build altar. Altar is a place of worship in the plains. So the trees was a place of encounter with supernatural beings, that is Yahweh. With the super, so that tree, when it says the plain of Mamre, it's look at it, Genesis eighteen verse one. Let's go there. You know, we looked at Genesis eighteen. We said the Lord in in Genesis when we were doing Genesis eleven, and we said it was the Lord God that appeared to Abraham, right? Now let's go back to that Genesis eighteen so you see it. Look at Genesis eighteen verse one. It says the Lord appeared to him in the plains of Mamre. Can we say the tree? On the tree, the supernatural world, right? Because it means the supernatural world, a place of encounter. You will see also in Genesis 35, verse 4, the oak, which was used in Shechem, oak. That word oak there is from the word Ella, E L A H, and it implies a tall or strong tree. Oak. You also see. Judges 6 verse 11. Look at Judges 6 11. Oh, you have to go here. Go to Judges 6 11. Let me show you something there. Judges 6 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under a oak which was in opera that pertained to Josh, the Abraham, and the son of Gideon, and all of those. In verse 12, it says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said unto him, The Lord is with him, that mighty man of valor. So that means the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the oak, the tree. So that means there's a connection between trees and the gods, the supernatural beings, the Elohim. <laughs> Why are you talking this way? <laughs> Aren't you liking me? Judges, look at it, verse 19 of that same Judges 6. So he said, This supernatural beings appear to people. Look at these people say, I just have angels. Look at it, look at it in Genesis 6, verse 9. This Judges 6, 19. It says, And Gideon went in and made ready a kid of the unliving bread of the a path of flour, the flesh he put in the basket and he put a bro in the pot and brought it out to him under the word hook and presented it. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Take the flesh of the unliving bread, lay them on the rock and pour them on the bro. And it did so. And the angel of the Lord put him on the. See, see, see the guy is just talking with the angel. In verse 22, see, the angel of the Lord perceived that he was an angel and Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord. And Gideon. Said, Alas, oh Lord God, for because thou hast seen an angel face to face. 
So trees were consistently used to represent contact with the realms of the spirit. So you want to you say you saw the tree in your dream now. <laughs> say, Pastor, the tree I saw, it was so long. If you had checked beside the very way in that dream, God must have been sitting there that you missed. But because they told you, it simply means the principalities of your past house. Is the way that's the tree that they tie your destiny. So you two, when you get into this, I command you to live here. And you say, Hey, we carry his bag and start going. <laughs> Just joking. So the trees are used to contact, they're like a contact realm in the spirit. Are you learning good? Let me show you another one in Joshua 24. Joshua 24. Joshua 24. That Joshua is before Titus. Close to Second Peter. Then, at the back of Revelation. Joshua 24, 26. He says, Then Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and took a great stone and set it up there under what? Under an oak. That was by the sanctuary of the Lord. So like mountains, hills, high places, trees. were place of contact with the supernatural. So when Jesus when he said Jesus went to the mountain apart to pray. Are you seeing that? See, guys. Are you seeing it? When Jesus, you see, in the New Testament, right, that's what they say, Jesus went to the mountain apart to pray. Can that be a contact of supernatural world? Yeah, because that's what, they, that was their, that's what they knew. When Jesus went into the wilderness, the bush, the trees. Look at in Deuteronomy 12. I think I'll stop here because people are sleeping. It down only 12 verse 2. So let's learn this one now. We'll continue later. It down only 12 verse 2. Are you are you learning? Is this interesting? Or is it confusing? It only 12 verse 2. So you see that the scriptures are replete with supernatural world context. Uh, only 12 verse 2. Say Moses went to the mountain apart. Can that be a contact of supernatural world? <laughs> Look at it, verse 2. Ye shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations ye, which ye have possessed served their gods upon what? It says where they served and possessed their gods upon what? The high mountains, upon the hills, and under every what? Green trees. Because it's a contact of supernatural world. Let me show you another one in 1 Kings 14, 23. So you see today, people still say, I'm going to the bush. You'll be wondering, Pastor, why are you, why are you going to the bush to pray? Just say, wow, Pastor, so there's something you knew and you did not tell us. But I took you to the bush too. Have I not taken you to take you to the bush before? He said it's too dark. He would look around, it looked like something was coming to bite you inside the bush. 
I'm just joking, though. <laughs> so, see, does that mean that God is still in the bush? It is God knowing you? What are you still looking for again? Ah, ah. <laughs> it's God knowing you. The one that is within you, you don't even know it fully. You are still going to bush. <laughs> but you see that those things are not wrong. It's just the way they perceived and the way the world of their day, where they feel like, I need to go to the mountain to have an encounter. Today now we say we come to church, right? Today now we say in our house, go, we can even have a <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Well, in the whole world, say, ah, let me go to the window, let me go to that under the tree. The power of God is there. Are you see what how their world was like? Uh-huh. So they saw it as it means look at first Kings 14:23. Me, I still pray inside a bush anyway. <laughs> Only that the Nakash is to come and find me there sometimes. <laughs> Just snake and scorpion. Now it's just that it's, too, it's getting cold now. All my, all my bushes are almost gone. It's, pain, it's painful. Summer will be back. There's a pastor, go there in the winter, you go. You go. I wear sons and jacket. Uh, wow. Not Rochester weather. <laughs> Rochester weather has defined that theology. Rochester weather, you have to go in this coach, come back, take it, go back, come back. That's what I was doing on Friday. Going, come back. I went, go, come quickly, run back to church, come take it, go, okay, come back. That's how I prayed on Friday. <laughs> I'll just go like that, come back. I'll make sure that where I'm going to is not far. So that when I need it, I'll quickly return back. Oh, wow, wow. Go back again. <laughs> I want to go that we live in a, in a city that is not cold. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. First Kings 14.23. It says, for they also built themselves, look at what they did. It says, they also built themselves high places, images, grooves, on what? Every high hill, under every what? Green tree. So they did that on green trees. Look at this, 2 Kings 17.10. So, at least, let's leave this session understanding the tree. (laughs) Tree and mountain. So when he said, Jesus went to the mountain apart to pray. And even in that mountain, he had transfiguration experience. Elijah and Moses came there. That Mo- Peter woke up and said, Master, ah! Let's put Tiri Tabanaku. Are you seeing those things? Eh? Supernatural world contest. Second Kings 17, verse 10. He says, and they set them, and they set them up images, grooves, in every high hill, under what? Every green tree. So when he says, when he used the word tree in Genesis 2, 
could he have mean a physical tree? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. He can never mean that. That's why some people still think it is Apple to today. I don't know why, why, why did Apple stand? I think it's because of the Jehovah Witness, the yellow book. What the, the picture they portrayed to us was Apple. So today everybody will still talk. You still be talking to Randall and say, when, the, when, the, when he gave Adam Apple, uh-uh. are you sure Apple was in existence then? So trees in Genesis 3 was employed to communicate the supernatural world. So the audience understood that trees were symbolic. So do you see, no, look at something. Do you see the mode of communication? Do you see that we went through other texts in the Old Testament and we saw something and we saw how other writers used it. So can it be that in their world, when you want to contact supernatural things, they talk about, you just say, I was in that, I was under that tree. You know, today we still to say, I went to the mountain. You know, today we still say that thing. Do you see where we get, we got all those things came from? Uh, you know, today, so, I was on the mountain with God. I was, I just went to the mountain. My mother used to say something, say, well, I sorry, okay, ni. Oh. <laughs> so you always say, Ori, okay. Wait, until today, people still go to Ori, okay. And you'll be blaming them. You'll be saying, they don't, they don't know what. You better find Orioke and go. <laughs> Me, I won't lie to you. Me, I go bush. <laughs> I, won't, I won't lie to you. The best place I find solace the most in prayer is in the bush. I come back refreshed. No, I'm not saying you should use it as a pattern, no. <laughs> Will I go there? Let the code finish you. You don't know. <laughs> you can create a mountain in your house. <laughs> but you can't blame those ones, right? For thinking about, for going on the mountain. So never you, never you criticize anybody and say, why did you go on the mountain? It's God not in your house. The writers knew. So Moses that went to spend 40 days in the mountain, you think he was joking? Why do you think Jesus went to the wilderness and spent 40 days in the wilderness to fast? Why did he not do it in his house? Ah, but Joseph and Mary had house. So why did he not stay in his parents' house? They say to bring house rent. <laughs> eh? Oh, but they tell to blame Pepe. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Why do you think Jesus will do those things? It's because they need to have a contact. With the, they understood in their... So, you, you do you see communication? So now, do you see that? There's something we have to learn now in Bible study. Communication, language barrier. We have to break a language barrier. You know, like I explained to you now that fufu in our world, you know, in the, to, the, to the Western world now, fufu just means anything that has more, that is muscle. But to we in Nigeria, fufu, there's a green thing called fufu. There is pandedium, there is eba, there is amala, there is wheat, there is a semo, there is a... We shut down one. There's even stash. Lafu the stash. 
It has more, everything has more sale. Are you good? There's plantain fufu. Eh? Oat fufu. So there's everything. But in the Western world, fufu. So that means if they if they read a maybe a, a typical maybe they read um, a, a typical Nigerian writer book now who probably wrote about and they say I was eating million yesterday they wouldn't know that that same million is fufu. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Are you getting what I'm saying? They wouldn't know that that same million is pounded yam that is still the same thing you call fufu. I mean, in a general context. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that means we have to break. So in their own world, when they are talking about trees, look at how they saw it. A contact with the supernatural world. When they talked about the serpent, so that means it is you. Somebody asked me a question yesterday. They said, why did they write I said, it's you that did not understand that they write. The language of what they wrote, they understood. Even they were talking to understood. It's like I'm talking to you now, and I'm talking to you about... Um, iPhone, um, Samsung, Vision Pro, how, this and that. Do you know that? Somebody, let's say somebody reincarnated again. Someone that died in 1990, just mistakenly came back again now. You know, he will not understand. The whole world will look different to him. Because things have changed. Things that used to be is not what it is now. He never knew that there is now video call. I mean, such that you can hold the device and you will see the person like this. The person in 1990 will not know that you can actually do it. The closest the person will know is there's a thing called telephone where it does it. You call. Are you seeing it? So, that's to tell you that we have to cross the language barrier in study. It is you that think, it's you that is struggling to understand it. <laughs> the audience did not struggle. They know what he was talking about. So when he said, the trees. And let me tell you. Ah, shoot. I have to teach you parable again. I, to, I think I, I touched a bit on that in spiritual growth um, the, last year. I have to teach you again such that every writer of the scripture had a means of communication with parables. So it's like, it's like saying, I want to talk about biology. I go around sociology to talk about it. It's like saying, I want to talk about rice, and I have to use beans to talk about rice. That's parable. I just, what I just did to you now is, is a parable, but that is actually what parable means. It's like saying, Moses wants to tell them something, but he went about something that they can understand to tell them. So now say, see you, there was one day, one man, one woman. The trees. That means in their own head now, when they say trees, oh, supernatural world. But you see that will be grumbling with the tree that the government plants so that to prevent storm and tornado. Oh, cashew tree or mango tree. In their own world, what they saw tree as is a contact with supernatural world. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? So when it says, so let's read Genesis as well. We can, we can, we can at least put a cap and close it now. So when is it go back to that Genesis today? So we'll continue tomorrow. It says, the serpent was more something than any beast of the field. We look at the serpent, the diviner. We're still going to explain the serpent more properly. We just did a little, we just, we just tried to introduce him in this series. <laughs> We're still coming for him. 
So put a cap on that divine and put command and leave space. We are going just give an introduction that he deserves for now. It now says, some people will be ready. He goes, say, he shall know it of everything in the garden. So now tell me. The garden thing was supernatural. Three, supernatural. So <laughs> is you are you that is you that is struggling to with to understand? But the audience, don't forget who was the audience of this. The Exodus audience, right? The people that the children of Israel, those were Moses' audience, they were not struggling to understand this. Is you that is you that is having a problem. So when he says trees, we said trees were employed to communicate the activities of the supernatural world. So you see that you can't blame people till they tell you that I went to the mountain to pray. Those, when we first came in contact with God's word then, we used to criticize those things. Say, go to the mountain, a secluded place. So you see, why, why, why do you think I took us to make sure it's possible in that secluded place? This is like your head was refreshed, dear. Your head was refreshed. We went to his, we went to the bush. Only us was there with God. Ooh. So we say, so go to a secluded place, have a retreat. Those things are still things of. It's not like a contact to this virtual world. You know, today now people say, I go to the mountain. I was on the mountain for four days, and I go say, Yeah. <laughs> I was in the bush. I pray. I was I just set myself apart, went for a retreat place. You know, today that if you say we we'll go for a retreat, Moses might not have understood retreat. Moses will not know that what he did on the mountain is what we are calling retreat now. You don't understand. Because language has changed. Moses will not understand that this thing they are calling retreat today in their whole world is what me I went to do for 40 days. Because he would think retreat should be going to the mountain. Not knowing that retreat now in our own, you just go to a secluded place, stay away from stay away from distractions, social media, all of those things, and just separate yourself to God. Moses might not understand now when we say retreat. You may still be thinking, what are they doing? Retreat. I thought they are born again. Retreat. We are going to retreat. Until we now explain to you, you say, oh. What I did too. Are you getting what I'm saying? Mm. So it is you that had a problem, but thank God you don't have it again. So are you saying that the supernatural work content has been replete all through the scriptures? All through. And we'll look at, there are so many things we want to look at. We want to look at it and come back for the serpent fully. <laughs> we'll go through the entire scripture. Paul and, and explain the guy fully. Amen. And we'll look at everyone's heads. We'll look at God's. We'll look at what did they really do. And the sacred space and all of those things. I'm sure this, this is a good introduction, way to start. So that we know how to interpret the text of the writer, right? And um, language communications is broken for us so that we'll be able to understand it properly. Amen. Blessed? Go. Cool. Amen.